Welcome to Head to Table. It's usually the podcast where two friends develop a tabletop RPG and playtest it for you. But this week it's the podcast where five friends playtest a tabletop RPG that someone else has made. I'm Tom Rawson. I am Tom Snowden. I'm Claire Collins. I'm Jack Alcock. And I'm Josie Dodd. This week we're going to be playing an RPG called Lancer, uh, designed by Miguel Lopez and Tom Parkinson Morgan. Lancer is a game set in a future sci-fi reality where humanity has spread out and colonised the galaxy. Uh, this far-reaching domain is hard to maintain law and order within, and so the players take the roles of pilots of mechs. Uh, these mighty mech soldiers are respected and regarded with, within society like how medieval knights were of old. Uh, in short, it's a mecha game a la Gundam, uh, Evangelion, or uh, the robots at the end of Matrix 3. This game is currently in public beta, uh, so you can download this entire game for free right now. If you uh, just Google Lance RPG, you'll find a Google Drive link, but we'll also post it to our Twitter as well, so people can grab it there. We thought the game was certainly very cool and decided to give it a play on the podcast to show you a bit about what it's about. Before we start playing, let's talk briefly about how characters are made within Lancer. Each player has two sheets for their character sheet, one that describes their player's stats and abilities, the pilot, and a second sheet for their mech as well. So the first decision when one builds a character in Lancer is deciding what that character did before they became a mech pilot. Uh, this choice then informs some boosts you get to certain skills for your skill checks within the game. So as an example, Claire, what is your character's background and what boosts to certain skills does that give you? Uh, I'm playing a character called Jane and she was a mechanic, meaning she gets a plus two to tech, a plus one to manoeuvre and a plus one to notice. Nice. So that part's quite a simple bit to write into the sheet and after that the next thing you decide is your pilot's talents. Uh, at level zero each player picks three talents and explains some extra unique abilities uh, to their pilot. This is kind of like feats from D&D. So, Jack what are some of the talents that your character has? So for example I uh, have the talent of being a brawler which means that when I grapple another mech when I uh, wrestle with them I get plus one accuracy which means I get to add an extra d6 to uh, any attacks that I make against them. Very nice. So once that's done, uh, the next thing to get into is making the mechs themselves. Now, every player has a core part to the mech, which is some basic level of stats that improve as they level up, that carries across all their mechs. But the main cool bit on top of that is the shells that you pick to choose. This is the stuff that decides what your mech looks like, some extra armor boosts, some extra stat boosts or minuses in some way. And each shell has its own unique systems and weapons it can employ, but also a powerful ultimate. This game employs uh, an ultimate ability. Each character, each shell of a mech has a passive ultimate ability and also an active ability they can use once per uh, full repair, which is kind of like a long rest. Uh, Josie, what's your mech's ultimate ability? Well, um, I have a really cool one. So my passive ability is that I can add plus one to all tech attacks, which would just mean adding an extra d6 to whatever I roll on the 20. And for my active ability, I can sort of parasitically latch on to any sort of broken down or shut down mechs and just take over their abilities. And lastly, the real cool part, I think, of Lance is then even upon those shells, when you pick a shell, it gives you 
uh, a number of mounts that you have to equip whatever weapons you want, and a number of system points, which you can use to swap out various cool subsystems and extra abilities. Uh, so, Tom, what is some of the ways that you've utilized your mounts and system points in your mech? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, one of my mounts, so I have two flexible mounts on my on my mech. Uh, one of my flexible mounts is just taken up with a main weapon, which in this case is a charged blade. And also, as a systems point thing, I've taken a concierge AI, which essentially is this kind of um, personal assistant inside my robot that can uh, can help out and do minor tasks. Think uh, kind of Jeeves from Iron Man. I think his name's Jarvis, actually, Tom. Uh, I hate Damn. to put you on blast, but you are clearly not a, a true actually, Marvel fan. Actually, uh, thinking You're thinking of Ask Jeeves, the AI search engine. It wasn't really AI, though, was it? It was, just like- it was basically that. When I was little, I didn't really understand the concept of Ask Jeeves, and I would type in my searches as fully posed questions if not adults so instead of like I thought there was a guy called or maybe a room full of guys called Jeeves <laughs> yeah. trying to answer all of my Very questions stringent employment requirements <laughs> instead of like Harrison Ford age I would type in hello what how old is Harrison Ford please my- starting with hello <laughs> My Love grandma Tom. still does that in, in Google. <laughs> <laughs> Times, like, Hello there. <laughs> posted messages. Well, we'll see how all of these mechs and systems work. And as we play the game, we'll introduce mechanics as they come up naturally. Is everyone ready? Yeah. Awesome. Well, in the words of the mighty Boosh, come with me now on a journey through time and space. The year is 5014, and our arm of the galaxy is home to trillions. It is not a safe place, but it burns bright, and for some, there are gentle lands here. Out from our humble beginnings, humanity has colonized the darkness. We have set empty worlds and barren moons alight with civilization, have tamed asteroids and gas giants, have even built homes in the hard vacuum of space itself. We have taken root throughout our arm of the Milky Way galaxy. In every situation and setting, humanity has made their home. Life, however it expresses itself, continues. Stories begin and end across the stars, though most never leave the worlds they were born to. But for some, their life is as a river, ever moving, with the land of their birth left somewhere far behind. Traders and smugglers, refugees and immigrants, miners, pirates, scientists, volunteers, colonists, soldiers and conscripts, humanity on the move, always. Wars pull hundreds of thousands into the current, trade and migration yet more, For every ten stable homes, there is one family's worth that has been uprooted for good or ill. In this dark and dangerous world, true heroes are hard to come by, but none are more respected than the Lancers. The Lancers are the best of the best, a mercenary company of elite mech pilots that take on missions protecting those in deepest need. You four have spent the last few months going through the rigorous selection process to become new Lancers, and you pass the tests with flying colours. You all have packed up your belongings and moved to your new home aboard the Lancer's colossal space station known as the Stronghold. The station's stark steel walls are adorned with tabards and insignias of Lancer squadrons, past and present. Great libraries store the histories of the galaxy, and top-of-the-line gym facilities keep pilots in peak physical condition. And if you get a subscription, you can also get a free Lancer water bottle when you sign up. The majority of the space on the station is dedicated to workshops and hangars full of imposing mechs. This is where we currently find the character of Jarl. Jack, this is your character. The camera zooms in. You're eating your lunch uh, as you watch a lot of the mechs coming in and being fixed up and prepared for battle. What does this character look like? Uh, He's a tall, uh, quite 
evil, scary looking guy uh, with uh, short black hair with a white streak through it and a, a cool eye patch and uh, a long cutlass and a pistol in his belt. Pretty piratey. <laughs> and, if, uh, if you had to sum up in one word. Yeah, he does look quite piratey. Um, and I think he's eating... Uh, Limes, because he's, <laughs> he's overly concerned about Lyme disease. Um, <laughs> wait, not Lyme disease, what's it called? Scurvy. Scurvy. Yes, yes. Keep away them ticks with them limes. Oh, my blood's so unappetising <laughs> with all them limes. Yeah, his blood's basically citric acid at this point. It wouldn't go anywhere near him. Um, and he sounds like this. Arr, my name's Jarl. As you're doing so... um. A woman in a sort of basic combat armour is walking along the gangway that you're currently sat on, sort of looking over the hangar. And she comes up to this <laughs> strangely dressed figure with a giant bucket of limes that he's <laughs> chewing on. And says, uh, oh, hi there. I haven't seen you around before. Are you a new recruit as well? Ah, I be a new recruit. My name's Jarl. Oh, hi. Great to meet you. Um, I'm Mel. Uh, it's nice to meet you. Great to meet you too. <laughs> what, uh, you a Lancer? Yeah, well, I worked here as a librarian, actually, for a good couple of years. And well, that sounds really lame. <laughs> well, nice to meet you, too. If you're so cool, what have you done before you became a Lancer? I was uh, a pirate, obviously. <laughs> Look at all me pirate trappings. Oh, isn't that, like, grossly illegal? Like, what? Bro- why does a pirate want to join a mercenary corps here to defend the just and the unable? They are paying me in large amounts of booty. <laughs> and limes, apparently, as well. <laughs> All the limes I can eat. I don't know if I can hold this accent together much longer. I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> the camera pans out from this very confused-looking woman mm-hmm. who's just met this creepy pirate who just kind of backs away slowly. And instead, the, uh, the camera sweeps through the corridors. You see people bustling through, you know, moving... Uh, machinery to and fro from room to room. But we do arrive at a large canteen room where various recruits and soldiers are in line to pick up uh, their, their dinner for the day. And near the front of the queue, we come to Josie, your character, Gerodo. Uh, what does Gerodo look like? So Gerodo is probably of middling height, um, maybe a little bit, well, quite a bit overweight. <laughs> I think the best way to picture him would be the comic book guy from The Simpsons, but with darker and longer hair. And like a large, like bushy, unkempt beard. Often seen in kind of a worn out dressing gown. <laughs> which refuses to take off. I think when, when the character's introduced, the camera pans across like rows of identically armoured <laughs> soldiers. Goes past one in the dressing gown and kind of snaps back. <laughs> I think in the front of the queue, in his dressing gown, waiting for, you know, to get whatever canteen pizza that he can get. He's um, informing the person behind him of like various conspiracies that he's aware of and found out about the figure is just kind of like nodding nice in a way just trying to get the conversation to end like oh yeah yeah cool uh but then it just doesn't make sense that they you know the blood was smeared it was clearly planted (laughs) eventually though um the you get to the front of the line and there's a a lunch lady there with a cigarette in her mouth Uh, there's a loads of food to choose from she said what do you want I want that really large, squared, greasy pizza. You know, the pizza that comes in squares. Oh, yeah, space pizza. <laughs> yeah, it arrives all shrunk up and we rehydrate it here on the station. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> you want any vegetables? No. I take the pizza without the plate, just holding the pizza, and then I, after paying, I walk off just eating that pizza to the next 
unsuspecting victim that can tell about my conspiracy theories. I think you're, you're walking through uh, the canteen, munching down your pizza, when you accidentally bang shoulders with this uh, a lot taller, burlier, sort of um, square-jawed sort of figure. It's like, watch where you're going, nerd! Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I just slide by. <laughs> I say, hey, you got pizza on my armour, bro! Think, what are you going to do about it? Um, I think if he's not going to leave me alone, uh, I'll probably just take a bit of flap of my dressing gown and start wiping his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's watching at this point, kind of laughing. He's like, that's right, mop it up. Are you wearing underwear under that dressing gown? Oh, up. I'm wearing, um, you know, just full outfit of, like, reclining, you know. Leisure wear. Leisure wear, yeah. yeah some mm, Leisure okay, wear. Okay. Pajama bottoms underneath. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like jogging bottoms. I think uh, this burly figure laughs as uh, you mop it up and he sort of shoves you away and goes, don't let me see you in here again. And as I walk off, I'm muttering under my breath and thinking about how I might get him back later. Then, uh, as a stark contrast, this sort of canteen scene, the ca- camera cuts instead to... A really decadent, like beautifully, clearly very expensive quarters on the ship where um, a, a small sort of robotic arm is bringing up a, a, a meal of, you know, lobster and caviar. It's just lobster and caviar. A big plate of lobster and caviar exclusively. <laughs> uh, to your character, Tom. Yeah. So you see, uh, yeah, reclining in, in remarkably uh, sharp clothing, this, this handsome young man, very clean uh, look to him. He's wearing a sort of long coat with a sort of brocade style uh, and, and kind of um, like kind of tight black trousers below, possibly like skinny jeans, but I don't know <laughs> if those exist in this future. Um, artfully distressed um, with some sort of heavy combat-like boots below those. And he, he's even though he's indoors in his own uh, quarters, he's, he's dressed to the nines, wearing these uh, pentagonal, very dark sunglasses, just scrolling through like uh, feeds of information. He seems to be looking up himself um, and looking for any like references to it. As you're doing so, I think your AI butler unit, Adrian, chimes in with, Incoming call from your father, sir. Daddy? Oh, yes. Uh, I sort of, uh, I sort of uh, adjust myself, tidy up my coat a bit, um, and yeah, sort of... Uh, Flick up the uh, the hollow screen. Uh. Sure, if it comes up a, a video screen of your father there with this um, furrowed brow and a very imposing looking figure, and it says, "Jackson, what are you, are you still on that station?" Uh, yes, father. I, I I made it through the tests. I'm I'm officially a lancer now. You're not really going through with this, are you, Jackson? I'm a hero, father. It's always something with you, boy. First with your internet sensation videos, now with this this lancer business. Your job is to inherit my company. When I retire down, you must take over. And we can't do that if you're gallivanting around think it's some kind of superhero. Daddy, we can get an AI to run the company. You know that. I'm just looking for an authentic experience on the edge of society. I just, you know, I just need to live a little. If you want an authentic experience, I've got one right here for you. As he raises his right hand, gesturing in a slapping motion. I'm sorry, Daddy. I will be back in time for the space holidays. You're killing your mother, Jackson! <laughs> <laughs> I like, I look panicked. I turn off the, the communicator. I'm like, oh, you seem to be breaking up. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't worry, sir. One as wise and powerful as yourself has nothing to fear here. Trust your judgment, I say. <sighs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a strong and powerful individual. I'm a strong and powerful individual. <laughs> And I guess he mutters this over and over. The camera fades instead now down to the, the very like, core of the ship in one of the workshops where we see uh, Claire, your character Jane, um, 
hunched over a table uh, with a screwdriver in one hand and like a magnifying glass in the other. And you seem to be working on repairs of some large like mech mounted rail gun that you're trying to fix up and, and go. What does this character look like? Uh, she's small, pretty small, kind of meek and mousy type. Tends to wear overalls. She's always tinkering with something. She's really into mechanics of any sort. So overalls are great because they've got loads of pockets and you can keep loads of screwdrivers and all sorts of cool stuff in there. Um, her voice is remarkably like mine. <laughs> because she has no different accent no, whatsoever. No. Um, yeah, she's just the kind of person who disappears into the background, really. She's not particularly noticeable. I think on that note as well, there's um, clearly a... a more senior figure walking through the workshop that seems to walk straight past you at first, which is a, a double take. And it's like, oh, sorry, I, I don't think we've met. Uh, are, you, are you new in the uh, engineering team? I've been here for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. That's the common reaction. No, I've uh, been here for a while, but uh, no worries. I'm, I'm used to that. Oh, sorry. Um, well, my name's Gloria. I'm uh, head of the engineering crew down here on uh, on, on deck three. I'm... Um, I'm going to tell you now, there's no point working with that railgun. That thing's been busted for like two years. I'd, I'd save you time, really. Um, I've just fixed it, actually. So, uh, is, it, yeah. is that so? And I think to see if you have successfully fixed it or not, Claire, there's still be a skill check. So if you give me a tech check. So I believe you have plus two for that. So in Lancer, instead of a straight plus two to a roll, you get to roll 2d6 for that plus two. And the highest of those 2d6s is added as a bonus to your standard d20, so I rolled a 16 on my d20 anyway. Very good. And then threw one of the dice on the floor. <laughs> but got a four. So 20 total. In Lancer, any skill check at all, you simply need to get 10 or higher to succeed. So you more than succeed with this, Jane, and you hoist the railgun over to a, a trolley and wheel it over to a firing range and just casually pull the trigger and a ginormous like, magnetic bolt fires from the gun and just explodes target on the end and Gloria is just gobsmacked. She says... That's incredible. What's the problem? How did you how did you fix that? I just uh, you know replaced the phalange. <laughs> <laughs> Gloria just says the phalange. Of course, we, we didn't even think to check. It's great to have you have you here, Jane. Thanks for noticing me. Finally, <laughs> you're welcome. I think on that note as well, um, you get like a, an alert pop up on all of you have some kind of wrist mounted comms unit that all lancers carry, and you all get your alerts through that all new recruits need to report to the central hall uh, for uh, separating into squads, basically, and meeting your new squad leaders. Is there a sorting hat? Uh, there's not a sorting hat. In fact, there's nothing like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> there are a hat of sorts. <laughs> so you all make your way to the uh, central hall, and there must be about a good 40 or so uh, new recruits here, all talking about themselves. Uh, you, Gerodo, noticed that scary bully from the canteen as well. He's already seems to have got a, a small pack of cronies with him. I'm trying to listen in to see if I can hear his name. You notice that a lot of these cronies are just laughing along at everything this guy says, and you hear sounds like, <laughs> good one, Brian. <laughs> You're the best, dude. Brian. I'm actually heading over towards Brian, but uh, but at this point I have like uh, my floating uh, personal drone following me, taking some 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 pictures and video uh, to upload to the Omninet as I go. And it's just sort of, uh, it looks like I'm talking to myself, but as I get closer, you can hear the like, uh, yeah, it's just recruitment day here at uh, here at the Lancers, just uh, just final assignments, going to put us into our teams, going to find out who I'm who I'm heroing with, just uh, living that life, yeah? Pulling up some peace signs, uh, peace out, just hanging out with these guys. And I go over to Brian, I'm like, all right? He mm. says, oh my God, 
It's Jackson, dude. I love your channel. Hey, man. Hey, man. Can't believe you recognize me. I'm always so honored to meet fans. Dude, I've been subscribing to your channel for like two years, man. That bit where you jumped into the plasma pool. Oh my god, <laughs> I totally pissed my pants. It was so funny. Yeah, man. Don't try that at home, though. It's it's a lot. <laughs> man, I wish I had your life, dude. It's so cool to be here. Hey, maybe we'll be on a squad together. That'd be cool. That'd be great. I can't wait, bro. Yeah. I was sort of hanging out with these guys, like, stuffing on the backs. They look so rugged and exactly like I imagined heroes would look like. <laughs> I think Gerardo just stood in the corner listening in on the whole thing in his dressing gown, still eating the cross of that pizza from earlier. <laughs> Writing down a list of names. <laughs> there is a, a loud clapping from the stage uh, as someone's getting order, order. And uh, there is uh, a chap in a smartly dressed suit at the front uh, with a large sci-fi clipboard. It's like a normal clipboard, except it's basically like a big iPad that projects up notes instead. And he says, welcome, welcome new recruits. I hope you have settled in uh, nicely. I am Quartermaster Graham. Uh, if you have any questions or any requirements, please do see me. Uh, we have sorted through your application procedures and separated you out into teams which I feel would be most beneficial to your individual strengths. Uh, I'm now going to list off these teams and your squad commander. If you could please report to the squad commander's uh, adjourning meeting room to meet with your commanders and get your first missions. And he starts to... We got this, Brian. It's fate. <laughs> and he starts to list off names. And they seem to be going through, uh, like, alphabetized squads, essentially. Um, first, we announce Polar Squad, Quantum Squad. He gets to Rhino Squad, and Brian gets uh, taken on to Rhino Squad, but not you, Jackson. Oh, damn. I look around, like, trying to look for the next most, like, kind of heroic-looking group that I can hope to right latch on with. in the corner, going, <laughs> 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 And goes... And on our next squadron, we have Gerodo, uh, Jarl, Jane, and Jackson. You will be in Stork Squad. St Stork Squad? Stork Squad. <laughs> and your associated commander will be... Uh, ooh, and Graham seems to um, look like it. Uh, Major McShane. There's a few murmurs uh, amongst the group of new recruits. Like, oh, God, that guy's a hard ass. Oh, that's bad luck. As we're moving forwards and I see, like, this, this kind of overweight comic book guy, the... The obviously way overdressed as a pirate and this mousy kind of grease-covered mechanic. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. Yes, sorry? I, I think there's been some mistake. I'm Jackson Jadir. Yes, Mr. Jadir, I have your file here. I don't think I should be in Stork Squad. I think I'm, I think I'm with Brian. Uh, our selection algorithms are very thorough. I am assure you this is sure to be the, uh, the best combination of a team for you. I mean... I'm pretty certain it won't. Well, if uh, I also be having some grievances with the Stark. Well, it's not a great and noble beast. <laughs> if you have any qualms that you can take it up with Major McShane. He is now your commanding officer. Any uh, transfers need to be made through him. Uh, if you will please report to meeting room three, Major McShane will meet you for your first mission briefing. And as you'll head over, I think um, Brian bumps into you again. He goes, <laughs> have a nice time on Dork Squad. He got us a good in there. <laughs> I, I have no witty quip. <laughs> <laughs> you just stand silently and maybe bow your head down slowly. I think Brian almost feels bad. He's so used to people being like, quit it, dude. Actually, it's just very quite upsetting when someone just looks so crestfallen. <laughs> I thought here would be different. I thought here I'd be accepted. But does his badge happen to have a second? Does he have like a name badge with a second name on it? Uh, yes, it's Brian McFadden. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know if that's a celebrity or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of Westlife, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's Brian McFadden the second. Okay. 
Wow, Brian McFadden lived a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Brian McFadden was actually one of the only people that signed up to a, a very risky um, immortality uh, technology when it was first yeah. developed in 2020. Yeah. Uh, he lived for, yeah, about 3,000 years until just a, a tragic accident um, during a, a Westlife show, uh, which at that point was just him as well. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I've seen his surname, I am going to start using my um, portable Casio calculator to see if I can find some information on the net uh, Brian McFadden the second. Sure, you can uh, do some basic checks. Like, at the moment, you can only find, like, a, you know, a, a cyber Facebook profile type sort of thing, a, a space Twitter account, maybe. Uh, it clearly is just a bit of a jackass. Uh, big football star, apparently. Um, apparently, you know, was a captain of his, of his team at high school and just was, like, strength and speed alone. He got, you know, fast-tracked onto the Lancer programme. Well, at this point, using my hacking skills and yeah. my Casio calculator... He didn't wrong me that much. I'm not going to do anything too terrible to him. But I am going to hack into his Twitter account. Yes. If I can. Yeah. And I'm going to post some some status that's very, like, um, disparaging over the Lancers. Okay. Could you please give me a tech check as well, then? Okay. And what does it say? What will it say? Well, I've got to hack in first. Yeah, let's see just how good it is. I've, I think I've got plus two to tech, so I've got two D6s. Very good. Add it to a D20. So I have 15. That is a success. 10 or higher is a success. You do just that. What kind of thing do you want to post exactly? So I've been recruited into the Lancers, but I'm not so sure I want to be working with these jackasses. What a shit show. That's scathing. Mm-hmm. Nice. You post up and uh, get a couple of likes and quite a few retweets. You're pretty sure someone high up is going to see this. And sure enough, you all kind of, you know, meekly greet one another and, and head to meeting room three to meet your new commanding officer, uh, Major McShane. And you, you walk in to see a, a stout, broad-shouldered figure uh, with a large... One of his, his left leg is entirely robotic. It looks like it got blasted off at the hip. And he's walking out. And as he turns around, he's got this grizzled face. Think a bit like uh, Michael Ironside and Starship Troopers. Not, I don't know who that is. In it's that case, he just looks like a tough man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he says, well, well, well. So you're our stork team, huh? I salute he salutes you back and says, that's the kind of respect we need. The new recruits then these days, they have no idea what it really means to be a Lancer. I know what you kind of kids are like. You get your level zero passes, you pass through the processes, and suddenly you think you got a big dick. He looks at you, James. Is that right, huh? You think you got a big dick, Missy? <laughs> if that's what you want, Commander McShane. <laughs> Major McShane. Major Ian McShane. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a bit, a bit confused by the response. He goes, no, I don't want you to have a big dick. I want you to think with your heads. I, I've measured it. It's statistically above average. <laughs> you guys are a weird lot, but it seems you're already uh, very comfortable with I each other. people have like a misappropriate idea what average is. Average is not as big as what people think. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Shane McShane nods. Says, I like you, Gerodo. You got Kutzpa. <laughs> We're going to need that in stock team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have about that, we've uh, already had uh, some problems. We've been called Dork Squad. Don't respond to it. You're going to prove them with your abilities in the field you don't have to be messed with. I'll be honest with you guys. The odds are stacked against you. You know what I put you guys together? All your files say you don't play well with others. 
just 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 an interjection here. I, a lot of the other teams seem to have you know names of, of predators or, or large beasts. I mean, could we not be Shark Squad? Or? It's randomized. Sorry, we've already got a Shark Squad. <sighs> Storks are cool. They bring babies to people. Either way, you guys got some real proving to do. You need to show that you can work as a team and not get caught up in yourselves. This is our first mission. I don't want you to disappoint me. I do work better alone. That's not what it means to be a Lancer, kiddo. I thought I used to work better alone, and you know where that got me? And he slaps his metal leg. You're the only one here. I've started live streaming. He brings up the, the lights dim and up on the screen projector. Actually, I think it's in, in the centre of a room. There's a big projector. You know, like in Star Wars when they're planning to attack the Death Star. There's a big hollow thing in the middle. Mm-hmm. You see a planet. This here is Harket 3. It's a mining planet. Uh, we've had a few new mining operations set up. Setting out to mine uranium out in the wastes. Well, we've had a few calls. Some miners have been going out to prospect and find some new sites to drill. They ain't been coming back. We need you to get down to the planet and find out what's happening to these prospectors. Are we be killing the beasts then? Don't go in all guns blazing. Use your heads on this, for God's sake. There might not be a problem yet until we know there is. Um... A mining planet? No one's going to hear about that. A mining planet. You're level zero rookies. This is where we start. You prove yourself that you can handle the small fry until you take on the big leagues. Any questions about the mission? What are they mining? Uranium, mostly. He did be seeing that. Are we, uh, trying to find these people and save them, or...? That would be ideal if you can. Any save lives is a, a, a great asset and be very helpful for them, I'm sure. You're going to make contact with their leader of operations, Kendra, on planet side. Do they have any communication systems down there? They do. They have a, a wide communications net they can uh, talk to each other through. But as I understand, a lot of the sandstorms out in the wastes uh, cut out communications quite quickly. McShane powers down the thing. The lights come up again. He says, don't let me down, rookies. Like a stalk, we shall raise ourselves above the muck. I think I like that. Best motto ever. <laughs> you all head on down to the hangar where your transport ships are being loaded up. And sure enough, there is a, one with a, a decal of a stork with like a big grin on its face with stork squad oh, written below it. Uh, meanwhile, in the ship next to you of the, uh, the, the rhino squad, you can see Brian uh, in conversation with his commanding officer and saying, this is not appropriate material to be posting, especially for a rookie like you. We're giving you a first warning here, Brian. I don't want to see any of this shit again, okay? I don't, I don't understand, man. This wasn't me. I didn't post this shit. I go over to Major um, Ian... McShane. McShane. Ian McShane. <laughs> Dear commanding officer. <laughs> You're addressing a letter to him. <laughs> My character's very socially awkward. Dear commanding officer. What is the name of that commanding officer? Oh, that's Gertie. She's great. Gertie. Gertie Phillips. Gertie Phillips. She's a fine specimen of a female. Uh, I guess. Oh, yeah. She's a mighty fighter. I served with her once in the uh, Prestidian Wars. She uh, she saved my ass a couple of times. Noted. Anyway, get your asses on that ship. So, uh, Jane, huh? Ever check out the uh, Jonesing for Judea show on uh, the Omninet? That, that's me, by the way. The oh, Jackson Judea. I'm, I'm not familiar. More of an audiobooks kind of girl. <laughs> I'll have a look, though, so when we finish the mission. In my head, you're kind of like the Logan Paul. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. I'm sort of like some streamer. I maybe had a little bit of a like an actual kind of uh, uh, reality TV career, but but yeah, I, I'm mostly nice, kind of, nice. Uh, independently wealthy streamer. Well, fatherly wealthy streamer. <laughs> 
sure enough, tensions seem high in the ship as you, you lift off of the station and, and set off on your way to Harkett 3. I think on the ship journey, I'm going to do another little tweet. Yeah. What's I'm going to say, Gertie Phillips is a fine piece of ass which you could sure do with shutting her mouth. <laughs> Jesus. That'd be cold-blooded there. That is fantastic. You send the tweet off. And uh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some significant disruption as a result of that. So have we made our mechs or are we going to pick them or what happens? So the idea is, yeah, the Lancers, uh, there's multiple groups that work for the Lancers. There's the engineering crews and um, the maintenance teams that all service for you guys, for the pilots themselves. The Lancers provide you with these basic shells, which you're allowed to use, but it's up to you to then customise them however you wish. You can either do some stuff yourself to fix them up, or you can give orders to the teams to swap out certain systems. And you've all already constructed some of your mechs, which are on, on board the transport ship at the moment, which you're taking down to the planet. Cool. And that's one of the really cool things about how levelling up works in Lancer. Instead of sort of levelling up and just getting new abilities, you level up your licences with certain um, companies and like their facilities. And when you level up, you choose to level up in a certain direction, and it unlocks loads of new equipment, both weapons for your pilot and armor or new subsystems and weapons for your mech or even new mechs themselves even and new mech capabilities it's it's really cool the other thing i love the most as well is after every mission unlike with dnd where like you pick your class and that's it every single mission you can swap out whatever you want you can change the shell entirely you can change every single weapon you've got on that thing it's really great to yeah try out different things and work out what you like the most aside from the mechs do the people in the mechs level up yeah so those also level up as well you'll start with some pilot health um and like a pilot roll to hit kind of thing as well and your basic abilities will also level up as well as your skills over time as well so in this uh, sci-fi setting there are things called blink gates uh if you've played the mass effect games it's kind of like the relays from them they're these giant structures in space that when your ships come near to them they kind of propel you at you know, light speeds to other sections of the other galaxy and you do just that you you line up to a, a blink gate and um, sure enough, the crew station there that sort of, you know, grant access to use the gates allow you through, saying that you're Lancers. And they say, oh, Lancers, huh? well, good luck. Uh, always great to see Lancers in this quadrant. You zap off and appear, uh, seeing Harkett 3 uh, in space in front of you here. It's a very strange looking planet. Like, nearly all of the southern hemisphere is made up of ocean. Uh, and the northern hemisphere has got much higher altitude, uh, lots of either mountainous uh, regions, rocky outcroppings, and some big rolling sand dunes as well. And as you start to come into land, you can see nestled at the foot of some of the mountains, there's a, a large sprawling mining facility that's kind of like built into the rock face of the mountains between the range and then the desert. And you, you come on down to the planet's surface and your ship uh, comes in to dock against a, a hangar bay. And you all let down the landing bay and, and walk out. And clearly there's, uh, it's really hot in here. As soon as you emerge out, clearly the air conditioning system is working overtime to try and combat this incredibly harsh and, and hot environment. Uh, it's like when you get on holiday and you were like, whoa, it's really thick and muggy all of a sudden, but time's 20. Oh, God. <laughs> That's very muggy. They should shut the windows before they switch the AC on, I think. That would be like over 100% humidity. <laughs> it's quite a lot, that's for sure. Uh, and there's a lot of workers here and you know, moving giant cargo containers uh, to and fro and, and setting up, you know, extra uh, drills ready for deployment and things like this. And sure enough, you're greeted to as a, a woman walks over to you again, like looking really sort of sweaty and all. He's clearly been working for long hours. Here it is. The Lancers, I assume. Aye. That's right. Jackson Dudier here to help. Unfortunately, we're the Stork Squad. Stork Squad. Sounds great. Uh, 
I'm Kendra. I sent out the mission. Um, how much have you heard already? There's some people gone missing from the mines. I have to admit, I've forgotten most of it. <laughs> Shipments were going missing? <laughs> Something was going missing. Something about uranium? <laughs> Just, I see. Perhaps I should reiterate. Yeah, so... Um, Currently, we're doing a lot of mining operations in the mountains themselves, uh, but we're sending out a lot of prospector units uh, into the wastes uh, to try and find out some, some new spots to drill for, for some great uranium deposits that our deep ground sensors are picking up. The sands are pretty wild out there. It, it cuts off a lot of our communications, and uh, it's not enough for humans to survive. We send them out in prospector mech units, and they just haven't been coming back at all. I'm not sure what's going on. We've had people out before that have come back fine. It's been very successful, but as of late, no one's coming back. Listen, uh, my workers are getting pretty worried about it. There's a lot of um, rumours going around, and I just want you to find out what's causing this, and if you can get any of these guys back, that'd be great. Any of the rumours sticking? Uh, a few. I don't listen much to the silly talk. Uh, a lot of the workers... Um, we've got a few uh, R&R facilities here on the colony, which a lot of people chat around. Uh, I don't really listen to a lot of the stuff. A lot of it's all crap, really. Can we have the frequencies for their radios? Yeah, sure. I'll... Uh, I'll have your mechs, uh, I'll, I'll get them to unpack your mechs out and we'll have them connected up to our, our frequency channels, sure thing. How many are missing? Eight so far. In individual mechs? Eight individual mechs, all with their own individual pilots as well. Not one's come back. Not one message, not one distress call. Anything different about this time? You said you've sent them out before. Well, yeah, the big difference is they haven't come back, that's for sure. <laughs> 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 that difference would be standing out to me too. <laughs> Was it the same pilots that went out or different pilots? A couple were. A couple were our more seasoned prospectors, a couple of newbies as well. Um, yeah, that's one thing, actually. I suppose we, we've mainly stuck to the south and the southeast. We're heading just mainly east this way, so there might be something out there specifically that's causing the trouble, I guess. Shall we go ask for the rumours in the recreational facilities? Mm, that sounds good. I like recreational facilities. I like rumours. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, you make your way through this, uh, whereas the Stronghold, the Lancer space station, was also this kind of, you know, very sterile environment. At least they did a lot of things to make it feel more homely in a sense. This does feel very much like just a, a drab work environment. Um, there's a lot of dirt and sand that's gotten in all throughout the station. And you work your way through the, the weaving tunnels and eventually you come to, uh, there is a, a bar, a pub sort of, you know, that's, that's built into the, the wall. You know, a sign above it labelled the Hammerhead. And it's a, a very warm and inviting atmosphere. A lot of people shouting and cheering. There's, there's music playing. I'll leave it to you guys to enter. And what do you want to do? There's a lot of tables, people sitting around. Uh, what in particular might you be looking for? Shall we go to the bar? And wow, you, you lead the way here. Like this is this place seems so authentic. What is the rum list? <laughs> <laughs> you come up to the bar. We've got Space Captain Morgan. We've got Rum Star. And Space Cyber. Bacardi? Space Bacardi. Yep, Space Bacardi, obviously. Uh, any of that do it for you? I don't like rum. We've got some. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, do you have crystal? Space crystal? I'll have a Space Mount Gay rum, please. Yeah, you got it coming right up. Uh, you there, lady? I'll take a screwdriver if you've got it. Oh, just kidding, just kidding. That's a mechanic joke. Oh, um, oh I like you. You're going to fit in well here. Just uh, got any brandy? Yeah, yeah, we can do your brandy. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking over the selection, kind of turning my nose up a little bit. I'm like, I guess a gin and tonic. I, I... Sure thing. And he uh, opens up the the little tonic canister. Wow, such foley work. He did that with his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the sound effects. Thanks, guys. I've been practicing that. Um, 
And I think you see someone next to you take a nice long gulp of their beer. <laughs> and then they stab keys through the bottom of it and chug it down. <laughs> no, no, they, they don't do that. They did seem to have spilled some beer, though, all over their notes in front of them. Can I look around for any cool bar games that people are playing? Yep, there seems to be uh, space darts. Ooh, how do they differ from regular darts? It's just like normal darts, except instead of like little pokes, it's like little lightsaber pokes instead. Ah, yeah. I'm going to head over. Uh, be like, give a, a game of this game? What is this game? I think they look over at you and they're like, ah, city boy, eh? <laughs> yeah, we'll play at space darts. If you can put your space money where your space mouth is. <laughs> I mean, what's a, what's a reasonable stake? 500 space dollars? 500 space dollars it is. Okay. Can you play space darts? Tom, can you give me a flash check for me, please? Flash is a skill here, essentially, for anything being like quick with your hands or kind of like agility-based in some way. So I have a I have a plus one in flash. So I will uh, so you roll a d20 and then add a d6 to that as well. I got a 22. That is incredible. You get a space 180 after space 180. <laughs> I've never played this before. Turns out I'm great at it. I'm live streaming the whole thing as well. <laughs> I think that the guys are just dumbfounded and they're like, "Hey, well, where'd you learn to space darts like that?" Uh, I didn't. I am genetically engineered for dexterity, though. My <laughs> dad paid quite a lot for it. I think they laugh and they slap you on the back. This guy's all right. Hey, uh, a beer for what was your name, buddy? Ah, uh, Jackson Jadir. You, you haven't heard of me? No, I can't say I do. Uh, what are you, some kind of banker? No, no, an Omnet celebrity. Oh, uh, I'm not really one for that. I like my old soaps, really, on space TV. Uh, you three are just watching as Jackson is having a very long game of space start. After this point, I do ask, like, so you heard any, uh, I'm, a, I'm now a... Trying to help uh, defend the, the region. Lancers, you may have heard Oh, of you guys are Lancers? Yeah, I heard they were bringing some in. Oh, shit, man, that's awesome. Yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're wondering if you heard any rumours about what's happening out east. Any reliable rumours, that is. His face falls. He's like, yeah, out east. My brother Rory, he was one of them. Uh, he headed out eastwards on some prospecting mission uh, with a crew of a few others. We ain't heard nothing back. He didn't say anything beforehand. I don't think anything's up. He just thought it was another normal mission. If you guys can get him back, I'll really owe you one, Jackson. Do you think this could be a money laundering scam? Uh, I, I guess. I don't really understand how they would be benefiting <laughs> from it. They're just losing workers. It uh, always comes down to money. I One of them says, I heard there's an insurance payout. Kendra's getting loads exactly. of money. Every worker lost or assumed killed, they get a big injection of cash straight to the station. You've got to follow the money, guys. Follow the money. No, that's bullshit. Kendra wouldn't do that. I tell you, there's something else going on out there. Anyone in the bar been out that way? Well, there was one guy, freelancer, came in a while ago to take up some of the extra jobs. There's that guy over there, and he nods over, and there's like a a guy in a duster sipping like a a tequila. I'm be the only one with heavily themed outfits here. (laughs) (laughs) I go tap over him, tap him on the shoulder. I think the guy should have looked at it. Evening. Good evening to you. What's your thing, then? As you can see, my thing is being a pirate. <laughs> my name's Shanks. Shanks, huh? Arr. I thought it was... <laughs> out of character, I thought it was Yarl. Yeah, my, uh, so my uh, name, my actual pilot name is Yarl, but my call sign, um, when I'm being a cool Lancer dude, is going to be Shanks. And also, if I don't trust someone, I think I might just introduce myself as Shanks. Nice. Shanks, huh? Nice to meet you. Name's Marcel. 
Marcel. Marcel, you know, like uh, the monkey from Friends. Gotta admit, that was not what I was expecting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my parents were big Friends fans. What about it? Fair enough. Well, uh, I hear you've uh, been getting in some fights recently. (sighs) They were starting the fights with me. I'm just here to collect the paychecks. What are you here to do exactly? Extra jobs need doing. The missions no one else wants to, uh... There's a lot of dunes out there. There's a lot of uh, volcanic activity sometimes as well. I take the ones that uh, health and safety of the station will let them do. What about monsters? You're talking about out east, aren't you? That I be. Yeah, I've been east. And I just about made it back too. Barely. I'm telling you, man. It's a leviathan out there. Great thing. Nearly destroyed my mech. Nearly tore it in half. I'm lucky to have made it back. I don't know what a leviathan is. A giant snaky thing. A giant <laughs> sand snake. Well, if you can shoot it with a cannon or hook its neck, I'll kill it. This thing's big, partner. I've harpooned a kraken. Fuck! <laughs> uh, you seem very qualified. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say me and my three friends are going to give it a good lancing. Oh, that was that sounds good. like it might have been a metaphor, <laughs> but, but it really wasn't. <laughs> it says... All right, but it's your funeral. Cheers, buddy. Okay, sure enough, there's information. Anything, Gerodo and Jane, that you're doing in these instances? Don't know of any uh, weak weak point, any gaps in the scales, any anything. <laughs> any vulnerabilities to this uh, giant sand snake, by any chance? Well, I barely got a look at it. This thing was moving so fast, it was mostly underneath the sands. Um, I was lucky to get out. I can't say I spotted a great deal, just this giant writhing form. Mm. It was a long shot. I'm telling you, if folks are going missing, that's probably the thing. I'm telling you, I've been telling the command here as well, just leave it. Nature ain't meant to be disturbed that way. I recommend you pass on the message and leave it. Okay, well, that was a quick mission. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if there's any more information you want to get from the bar, I guess you could head back to to your mechs if you want in the hangar. I think it's time to head out east, get in our mechs, look real cool. Sure thing, I think. You get there and Kendra's like... Find anything you were looking for? It seems to be a giant sand snake. Really? Well, if you say so. I ain't seen any sand snakes, and I've been on this planet for ten years. Have you been out east? Yeah, well, not east, but south. (laughs) (laughs) That is a direction, to be fair. (laughs) Just, well, whatever it is, I hope you guys can put a stop to it. I really appreciate this, guys. Uh, Your mechs are all ready for you. Arr! And you, you suit up, and what we see, the camera cuts as the, the, the hangar bay, the doors slowly open up as your mechs emerge from the shadows, uh, revealing their form. So, left to right, starting from you, Jackson, tell me what your mechs look like. Okay, so I am piloting the uh, SSC morning cloak type shell. Uh, the art in the book is exceptional, but I just want to say, like, big shout out to the uh, the Lancer yeah. artwork, it's incredible, the mechs look awesome. Um, and yeah, so I have this this kind of sleek-looking uh, white and blue-themed um, mech. Its particular powers are around teleportation and mobility. It looks very kind of dexterous and lithe and has uh, a large uh, energy blade strapped across its back as well. Nice. Jane, what does your mech look like? My mech is the Drake. It's essentially just a massive uh, tank mech. Uh, heavily armoured, but also heavily weaponized with a cannon, 
and all sorts of cool stuff. It's Jane's leads a life in the uh, not in the shadows, but a, a life where she has a bit of a hard time. Yeah. Um, in her daily life, and she really just enjoys piloting a, a massive mech that can just go right to the front and do a lot of damage really nice so where tom's very uh flamboyant and uh loud mech i suppose is an extension of his uh his own person his own character's personality jane's instead kind of the polar opposite right she's hiding behind this uh super thick unit with a giant gatling gun and sort of shield on each hand yes yeah i like it y'all what does your mech look like so my mech is a ipsn blackbeard which is uh naturally a pirate themed kind of mech uh, he's uh, he's tall um, size one I think and he uh, is, is mostly black with like little red trims and he's got um, a little gold uh, hook for a hand and one of his arms is just a, a, a big cannon and he has a, a name badge on him because I've named him Agrippa the Roman ship sailing guy I think Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, As in it was the name of a Roman ship something guy that you just yeah, knew, or it's like yeah. a general term? No, he, he is. Oh, yeah, that was the name of a particular one. Yeah, he was like a, I don't know, helper to uh, Augustus, I think. Cool. Yeah, his general. Yeah, and uh, he looks real piratey. This is great. We've got an RPG and Roman history podcast <laughs> all in one. You're welcome. Gerodo, what does your mech look like? Well, a lot of time and effort has gone into designing my mech. And it is a sight to behold. <laughs> she is... It's a female mech, and you can tell by the curvaceous hips <laughs> that it has. Which maybe gives it a slight disadvantage in tightrope walking. <laughs> but Oh man, I've got a lot of tightropes planned for this <laughs> adventure. But yeah, she's, she's um, red, black and grey in colouring. Uh, human-sized, so just marginally bigger than I am. But could just be a very large woman, if you, if you would, a very tall fairly wide woman but also perfectly in proportion <laughs> I think the most distinguishing feature is probably um, these uh, rotating um, discs on her uh, breastplates which would confuse and addle any uh, foe trying to aim at me do you have a, a nickname for these systems well she has um, her own AI attached to the robot and uh, she's called Sonia Sonia very nice. Sonia and her rotating hypno-boobs. Yeah, hypno-boobs is how we will be referring to them. I see. Fantastic. And sure enough, the uh, the hangar bay doors close behind you and you head out into the waste. It's mostly just hills of rolling sand with sort of large juts of rock sticking out every now and then. There's a heavy wind that blows a lot of sand up and sure enough, you very quickly, once you're about uh, a mile out from the uh, from the camp, you start to lose direct communications with the, the colony itself. Uh, your vision's slightly impaired, not too terribly. But yeah, it, it's it's rough out here. Well, guys, do you have any plans for anything you're, you're doing? So explain to me exactly uh, how you're trudging through here. Is there anything you're saying to one another or, or keeping in mind? I'm explaining to everyone how they should be walking on the sand, which is in a um, a not uh, steady rhythm. So you'd be sweeping one leg, walking on the other one, and... Not, not not walking in a steady fashion. This is very much like a book I read once. Oh, I <laughs> oh, like from June. Yeah, okay, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I think you're uh, heading for quite some time out east uh, until eventually you come to the, the, the crest of uh, the, the top of a very large dune that looks out over an embankment. Uh, you've risen somewhat above a lot of the other sand that's blown above. And uh, down ahead, you can see again just this vast wasteland of sand with one very clear, off in the distance, a large 
stone pillar is almost like perfectly perpendicular to the floor that reaches high into the sky. Well, that doesn't look natural, I don't think. I don't know anything about geology, so... It does seem weird, certainly, like a plant buffeted by wind so much that like a, a tall rock structure would, would grow. Is this where the snake lives? <laughs> <laughs> does it just sleep vertically in this pillar? <laughs> <laughs> just like a candle on a birthday cake. It's perfectly... Uh... Jane, you can take a notice check for me. See if there's anything you can observe on this landscape. I rolled an 11 on my d20 and I get 1d6 because I'm a plus one notice. It's a five, so 16 total. A great job. Um, there is one clear thing you notice that just about you, you zoom in with like some uh, you know, modules on your mech and you can make out just about. It looks like there is a, a human figure standing atop this pillar. He's like, he's got his shirt off and he's like waving it in your direction, trying to get some attention. Interesting. There's a person up there. He's either dancing or waving to get our attention. I can't quite tell. <laughs> Could be a trap. Let me just look in my telescope. And I uh, pull out my zoom lens on my eye patch, uh, and it uh, reveals a close-up of this guy's face. Okay, so I'll give you some more information, but can you give me an investigation check for that? Sure. So I think I would be uh, rubbish at investigating. I'm minus one investigating. I think you can only really tell if something's land or not. <laughs> <laughs> It is true, but I've got um, one of my uh, systems is this cool eye patch telescope thing, which means that uh, I get a, a, a plus one to investigation, leaving me at zero. So I just rolled a d20. Yeah, in this game you, where you have plus ones that grow to is plus one accuracy, you also have uh, difficulties as well, which would be like a minus one. And if for some reason, like on this roll here, there is one thing that is giving a minus one to difficulty and one that's giving a plus one to accuracy, these two will just cancel each other out to a, a flat d20. And on that flat D20, I got 19. That is a success, all right. You see, this figure is badly sunburned. Uh, his lips look dry, like he hasn't drunk water in quite some time. If it's a trap, then he's really going method. I was just waiting for the ambulance to go by. I will say that again, because <laughs> it was hilarious. It was very good. <laughs> if it's a trap, then he's oh, really I, going I, method. I need, I need to do my bit again first. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> Let's not edit any of this out. <laughs> This figure is badly sunburnt. His lips are dry and cracked. He clearly hasn't drunk water for a while. If this is a trap, then this is someone who's been, you know, doing this method. <laughs> Shall we go and investigate the tower? Is there any way we can communicate at distance with him? Anyone know, you know, any kind of signals we could send? You could flash a mirror or use semaphore. Smoke signals? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the flashing of the lights is fine, but... uh we, I feel quite attached to smoke signals. <laughs> How do we think he got up there? You can't see well, any clear... I think, Jack, on your roll still, Jack, you can't see any clear signs of, like, climbing equipment? Or there's a bit of, like, mechanical debris atop the pillar, but there's no clear sign of him climbing up there at all. There's nothing else nearby. Should we see if he can... If he understands, like, some kind of Morse code or semaphore or something? Uh, should, we, should we try flashing our lights in such a way as to... I might sort of say to my, my concierge AI, just be like a... Adrian, could you try flashing towards the pillar over there? Maybe, maybe send some Morse code. See if you can uh, tell him. Uh, ask if he understands what we're saying. Tell him to nod if he knows what we're. Yes, very good, sir. I'll bring up the Morse code protocol now. I think emerging from like the spine of your mech is like a large uh, pole with like a light atop it, yeah. uh, and it starts to flash out some signals in Morse code. Um, and the guy seems to be looking uh, and just going like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it seems communication is going to be difficult. Does any one of us have flying in our mechs? Or I can uh, boost up there. Yeah, well, I can teleport. <laughs> yeah, well, we've all got cool stuff, all right? Let's go test it out. We should probably walk to the base of the tower first. So we'll all be walking in that irregular fashion I previously... <laughs> you zigzag your way down through the sands. Uh, as you're going down, you're getting closer and closer to the pillar, and uh, the look on the guy's face is clearly one of, of relief that finally perhaps he's been rescued. And as you're trudging down your eyes on this man, there is a sudden shock as a robotic hand suddenly bursts from the sand beneath you and grabs uh, Gerodo's leg. Confound it. <laughs> and I'll fire a cannon into the sand. In that case, we'll go into uh, combat now. So much like D&D and other systems, combat swaps to a turn-based system. Uh, but there's no initiative or working out the order. It's simply a player may go first, then an enemy goes, then a player goes until a round is completed. Then it resets and they can go in any order again. And Jarl has shot him with a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're making a, a quick attack with one of your weapons here. So this is the uh, weapon on your arm, a main weapon. So you make an attack roll, just like before, and that has to meet an evasion of this uh, enemy that I have here for their stats. So this is just a d20? A d20. I got 14. That beats the evasion of this enemy, so you roll the damage that is listed for that weapon. And this is a... Uh, I'm calling it a cannon, but it's actually just a shotgun. Um, <laughs> the cannon its flavour. Yeah. You've loaded it with a giant steel ball. <laughs> <laughs> How I always do with my shotguns. And it just does 1d6 damage, uh, which is only two. Only two is certainly not a great deal. But sure enough, uh, I think your cannon just blasts and is lost into the sand, but it blasts a lot of the sand back and you can make out there is clearly a mech submerged in the sand here. But you've struck it so much that it's, it's let go of your leg, Gerodo. Another mech then bursts in one jump directly behind you, Jarl, uh, and raises up one of its arms. And there's like a sort of pickaxe attachment on this arm and it comes to strike you straight in the back to try and pierce your mech. So that rolls an attack as well for its turn. Again, a d20 plus any bonuses it gets. It has a 19 to hit. Uh, does that beat your evasion? My evasion is only 9, so that does. That'll definitely be a beat then. And you take 4 kinetic damage. So I've got a health bar here, and I've got 18 HP, and I take 4. Similarly, a second one jumps up, uh, and it's going to strike at you, Jackson, your mech as well. Again, this one emerges from the sand a bit slower this time. It just its uh, torso merges out of the sand, and it tries to just uh, come up with a punch to get you right in your mech's groin. Damn. An 18 to hit. Uh, that is also, that is definitely a hit, yeah. Another four kinetic damage for you. Okay. So I would like to perform a scan on the mech that had previously attached itself to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for um, details about who should be the pilot and um, just the stats about this mech. So... Uh, what Josie's doing here is making a, a tech attack. It's one of the options you can do where, as well as your standard rolls to hit, you can also make tech attacks, which instead of being against a target's evasion, are against their e-defense, their electronic defense in some way. She is hacking that system. So she makes an attack, and if she succeeds, she can uh, do a, a number of things upon that result, and she's going to use it to ask some questions about that mech, to run some diagnostics on that. So run your tech attack. So I have plus two on tech attacks, so I've rolled two d6s, mm-hmm. and I have a total of 16. 16 is a success. Uh, so if you're doing a scan, I believe you have a list of questions you're allowed to ask about this mech that you can then uh, put to me. So who's logged into this mech? Uh, you run the checks, and sure enough, this is one of the missing mechs. This is a prospector unit, uh, and this is uh, hooked up to one of the names of one of the missing 
uh, miners that was, that was sent out. I believe you're also allowed to ask two questions on a successful scan. So we've got, we know that the mech is attached to the people that we're looking for, but I want to know, is the person inside actually the people that we're looking for? Is there any way of knowing that? You try to make a comms connection with that, and it's like the, it connects, but there's just no response. You have a solid connection, and if there's anyone inside it, they're not talking to you. That's alarming. I'm going to communicate that to my comrades, and I'm going to get out of the fray because I'm not a melee fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, yeah, your mech is better from a distance. I think you then move your movement to dash back across the dunes to get some distance against these. So I will say to um, our melee fighter, who we know about most, she, and we'll say, these are the people that we're looking for, but I'm not sure who's inside these mechs. Sure thing. And as you say that, uh, two of them jump up either side of you, uh, Jane, inside your, your mech, and they're both going to take a strike at you as well. Uh, one of them misses one of its attacks, and the other one also misses. I think these two swing these, uh, like, pickaxe-like attachments. One of them's got like a pneumatic fist that tries to catch you with, and the blows just glance off you. Nothing lands. You take no damage from these. Great. I was going to try and help them, but now that they've both tried to hit me, I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, I think because we think that these are the droids we're looking for, <laughs> um, and maybe, I mean, I don't know what's going on. Maybe they've been, you know, they're on some kind of mind control. Who knows? So I think I'm going to sh- shout out to them. We're here to help you stop attacking us but at the same time i'm going to attack them (laughs) because they're mechs and they can take it and you know my mech's all about attacking so i'm going to do i'll just do a quick attack well no i'll do a barrage attack so i can attack one with one weapon and one then with the other sure so what claire's going to do here is a choice of a full action is a barrage where you use a both those actions uh, to fire every single weapon equipped to her mount at multiple targets if she wishes as well. So I'm going to use my assault cannon on the the lar- If there's a larger of the two, I'll I'll go for the larger. These seem to be like identical mech units. Uh, they're same, you know, cut from the same mechanical cloth. Okay, just the one that's furthest away. But I guess they're both kind of equidistant. Sure um, thing. What I will say, however, is these things are right up engaged with you. Okay. So similar to D&D, if you try to fire a ranged weapon while someone is uh, in a threat range of you in space, you get one difficulty to that attack. So you roll your D20, but you also roll a D6 and detract that from the result to fire. Okay. Can I not do that? <laughs> <laughs> I also have two. I have. Uh, I can use my fist to punch and I have a an, an Argonaut shield. So they're both... Um, non-range attacks, so I could use those instead. Sure thing, attack so with one of those. Let's go with my fist first. Okay, that's a roll to hit. It's a 14. That's a strike. Uh, that's a 7 damage. 7 damage is very good. You just knock the pick off of one of these mechs entirely. The whole arm seems to crumple. These mechs are not designed for combat primarily. These are these are mining mechs. These are utility mechs. And uh, you're doing a lot of damage to them. It's still standing, though, but just missing an arm at this point. And then my uh, second attack on the second mech. Yep. This is my Argonaut shield, so I'm just going to push up against it. Sure thing. But not in a nice way. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled an 18. Oh, sorry, I have to uh, take one off my 18 because it's my second attack, so I have to take a d6 off that. So it wasn't 18, it was 18 minus 4, so 14. Exactly. So what's happened there is when you launch a barrage, obviously it's great to be able to use every single weapon on your mech, but after your first attack, you're going to start adding difficulties to the subsequent attacks, so detracting from that roll to hit. Uh, but your total there was still enough to hit 
Claire, so you strike the other mech now for damage. Damage is five. And similarly, you swing around the arm of your mech and you just smash this thing in the face with the, the length of your shield. This shield is practically the size of this mech itself. Uh, and you knock it to the ground. It sort of rolls back up, but clearly like, one of its like jaw is hanging off here. I'm not going to attack it anymore because my other weapons are both ranged weapons and I'm still not entirely sure what's going on. We know these are the miners, but okay, I don't know if they're, resp- yeah, yeah. if they're responding or not, so I'm going to stop there. Sounds like a plan. Uh, so one last mech emerges from the sands, a sixth one now. This is the sixth mech to appear from the sands, and this one's going to go straight for you, Jarl, and your piratey mech. Uh, this one, however, seems to have uh, a, a demolition charge uh, hooked to its wrist, and it launches this to you. It's like a, a sticky Shit. bomb seems to try to connect to your mech, ready to explode. It gets a eight to hit. Is your evasion great in that? My evasion is nine, so I'm fine. You swing to the side just as this sticky bomb whizzes past you and explodes off in a, a large explosion in the distance. Nice. It's now uh, Jackson's turn. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I will, uh, having had one just emerge from the sands and, and punch me in the crotch, or my robot in the crotch, <laughs> Adrian is making some kind of unhappy, Ooh! Oh, heavens, sir, right in the crown jewels. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to swing around with my charged blade at the one that just hit me as a quick action. So nice. And I miss. Uh, I got a six. That is not enough, I'm afraid. You swing around with this this blade. It's like a long stretch of hot wire, essentially, glowing red. Um, but this thing just ducks out of the way as you swing around. Uh, then I will, for my second quick action, I'll attempt to ram the, the opponent, push it back against the, uh, like, away from me. Cool. So one of other choices of quick actions are to either grapple or ram a target. Uh, this is a melee attack roll, and if you succeed, that character is either grappled or, in the case of ram, you can knock them prone or you can physically move them a distance. So you, sure enough, you go to ram one of these targets. That's a roll to hit. Uh, that's an eight. That's a hit. That oh, a, perfect. This, these have evasions of eight. Okay, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna knock it prone. Um, and then whilst it's prone, I'm just going to move. I, I, I could teleport, uh, given that sort of ability of my mech, but I think I'm just going to, because there is a bit of risk in my in my teleportation. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to, at this point, just uh, just like move back along the, the sort of path we came in on and, uh, and try and get away from the uh, the fight a little bit. So whilst it's knocked prone. And That's great. You stick out a leg and a, like a sweeping kick, this mech is knocked to the ground, back into, it collapses into the sands, and you sort of artfully uh, roll backwards to remove yourself from the fray. And then as a final free action, um, I will, using one of my talents, uh, which is leadership, I will uh, speak through to Jarl, or his, uh, his call sign, um, Shanks, and I'll be like, Shanks, stop that one coming after me. Stop the one that's next to me. Just <laughs> take care of it, please. Please. I've got your back, uh, ye scurvy sea dog. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> and that would be the end of the round so now a new round begins the players go first and either one of you so if you want to do Tom could then go immediately again for the start of a round uh, who's going to be up first can I go again you sure can uh, so here's what I want to do Tom I want to get my hook hand and I'm going to uh, shoot a uh, sort of grappling hook out of it uh, at the leg of this one that is going after uh, I've forgotten your name uh, Jackson, but my call sign is Cherub. The one that is going after Cherub and <laughs> and sweep his leg like Daniel's son. Okay, so Jack's using his passive part of his ultimate ability here where he has a grappling hook attached, which whereas most people can only grapple uh, when they're directly up to someone, uh, Jack is able to grapple them from a distance. So sure enough, make a, a ranged attack to try and grab this one. Okay. 
I got a three. And also add a D6 because you're following my orders. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's an addition from, yeah, Tom's talent there. I got six, so I got nine. Fantastic. So sure enough, uh, a hook fires out from your hands and loops around this mech as it's charging, trying to catch up with Jackson. But your hook grabs it and sort of yanks it back at the same time as you catch it. Nice. In response to this, I think there's one uh, that's still currently on you, Jarl, which is going to, the one that fired the explosive at first, is now going to come around with a fist. And it's trying to catch you straight in the face uh, with a nine to hit. That hits me. That one will do it. That one will take uh, four kinetic damage again. I've realised I've got one armour, so I actually only take three. Yeah, so some mechs in this can have, uh, the shells you pick might come with armour. So in that case, any damage you take, you remove an amount from each hit equal to your armour. So that's four damage to to Jarl here, only dealt three. Uh, Similarly, however, there's another one that's going to come up behind you. A lot of these are trying to swarm around you now, it seems, Jarl, as Jackson and Jerodo are both trying to head out from the centre of the combat. You and Jane are still in the middle of this, and one of them's going to try and pickaxe you uh, right through the side. Uh, and it gets a 12 to hit. That one's going to get you with five kinetic damage. Damn. Um, what I'm going to do as a reaction, because I would be in trouble if I took four more kinetic damage, as a reaction I'm going to do the brace action, which means that I get resistance to... Precisely that. So in this game, there are also reactions as well as things you do on your turn. Everyone has reactions they can use, things they do outside of their turn. One of these options is to brace. What this means is any damage you take is halved, the downside is on your next turn, you only have one quick action to use. You're, you're using up some later action. Also, you're not allowed to take any other reactions. There's other things like attacks of opportunity. If someone run pa- runs past you, you can catch them with a blow. Jack is now not able to do this because he's halving the damage instead. So sure enough, that five is halved. Everything is rounded up in Lancer, so you instead take three damage. Nice. So now whoever wants to take their turn next can now go. I will go. Um, I'll do a barrage attack again. I believe I've got four mechs around me, enemy mechs. Yeah, you have two that are directly up in your face that you've been striking. Uh, there are two currently fighting Jarl as well. One that Jarl has hooked and is holding down the, the uh, grappling hook. Another one that's still high from the sand that first tried to grab Jeroda's ankle. And I've got four attacks I can use, so I'm going to go with one per mech. Nice. Um, Unleash hell. The melee attacks on the ones that are in my face, and then my ranged weapons for those that aren't. Go for it. So first of all, I'm going to go for one of the ones that's in front of me. Yeah. With my assault cannon, which does the most damage. Okay, sure thing. Ooh, I rolled a six. You would also <laughs> have to subtracted a d6 from that, because again, because they're in your face, ranged oh. weapons would take a, a difficulty. But nonetheless, yeah. it was a miss anyway. So uh, you pull out the cannon, you try to unleash uh, a large slug in its face. Uh, but this sort of spindly thing just knocks the gun up in the air and the blast fires up into the sky. You failed to connect. That's also my brain failed to work because that's not what I meant to do. Um, <laughs> what I was going to do is use my melee attacks for those in my face. Never mind. Um, I will go for the next one that's also in my face. Do it. With my fist. Yeah. That's also a nine. I haven't minus my d6 yet, but I don't need to, do I? Because that's... Uh, no, you, if you roll a d6, these things have an evasion of eight. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so one, so eight. Fantastic. So you had to take difficulty on that because it was the second attack of uh, a barrage attack. That's four damage. Four damage. This one, you bring your fist around. Uh, Jane, your mech is probably the thickest and heaviest armoured of the lot. And this fist carries a lot of momentum as a fist just goes, hits it square in the chest and knocks the mech to the ground and it doesn't get back up. This whole thing is shut down not to get back up again. I'm going to go... F- can I go back to the first one that was in my face? Yeah, sure thing. You swing around, shield in hand. 
this time with my shield. Go for it. Sort of bash action. That's a 14 minus 4, so that's a 10. A 10 is a hit. Damage is 3. Uh, you, you catch this one as it, it stumbles back and, and rears back around. It's still okay, but uh, you've certainly dealt some damage. And lastly, I've got my concussion missiles, so I will go for the one that is being held down by Shanks. Yeah, sure thing. That's a 10 to hit. A 10 is a hit. And the damage on this is only a D3 plus one. So three damage. Three damage is still certainly significant. There is just a cacophony as all the time while you're swinging around, uh, catching foes with your fists and a shield, missiles launching from your back as you just unleash hell on it, these mechs. The effect of that, I don't know if it will work because it's being grappled, but the effect is that it's knocked back one space, um, but also it has to pass a systems check or it's impaired. Okay, so it can't be knocked back because the, the grappled uh, yep. condition means that you are unable to be moved. But certainly it must take a systems check. So whereas uh, pilots have these set number of skills, mechs also have uh, four key stats, which any skill check that requires using your mech itself has either hull, agility, systems, or engineering to use. So this is a systems check for the mech. It rolls a 13, so it passes that. Again, that 10 or higher is a success, so it is not impaired for this attack. Uh, the mech that you are holding, uh, Jack, you are holding it, it tries to break free from your grapple as it pulls against you. So this is going to be a contested hull check to break free from a grapple. Cool. So both you and I will roll a d20 and add our hull to that hull for the mechs, just like any other stats can have a, a plus or a minus. Nice. My hull's plus two, so... Okay. I've got a s- 20. That beats this, certainly. This mech is unable to break free and it remains grappled and cannot move. But the other one, that's uh, another one that's in your face here. And this other mech is going to come to strike you, uh, Jack. Uh, I roll a 16 on my d20. But because you are braced still, that lasts until your next round, this attack is made with difficulty. So I subtract a d6 from that. Instead, the total is just 15. You also Hooray. don't have resistance to this one. The resistance on attack is only for the first attack made against you when you brace. Oh, so it does hit me. It does hit you, and you do take four kinetic damage. Curses. Curses indeed. Now it is either Jackson or Gerodo to go. Well, I'd like to take my go. I'm I'm going to speak to Sonia, my AI. Because I haven't moved this round, and I don't intend to move this round, I'm going to, as a free action, lock on. I think to the mech that's attacking Jackson, because Jackson, like me, is not a melee fighter. <laughs> so I say, Sonia, lock on to that mech over there. I'm on it, stud. <laughs> Jesus. Why have you chosen your fantasy character to be such a misogynist? Is that misogyny? Well, it's kind of chauvinist, I guess. I think Sonia is a very strong and capable character, Tom. Do you not like that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he designed this this weird guy designed his robot to have like wait, did he design this or was it allotted by the Lancer? I think he built this AI himself, right, Gerardo? He designed it. He just thinks the stronger half of himself is a strong and capable woman. With Do you hip, have a problem with hip, that? Hypnotising breasts. Hypnotising breasts, yes. What's the matter, Tom? A woman can't use her sexuality? No, no, no. No, it's fine. It just it just seems a little creepy as all. Where was I? You're <coughs> creeped out by strong and independent women. <laughs> it's not the robot I'm creeped out by. It's... Uh... Well, we've all learned a lot about ourselves. Let's return to the game. Uh, the mech says, Oh, Gerardo, you powerful man. I'll lock on right now. <laughs> it's not the time, Sonia. 
tea. She giggles sensuously. Let me stop you right there. Sonia is a strong and independent woman. She doesn't tee hee hee. She guffaws? <laughs> I think she, I don't know, what is, what is a strong and independent? How does the strong? Grumps. Grumps? She grumps. Okay. Okay then, Gerardo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to send a missile rocket to the, the uh, critter I've locked onto. Mm-hmm. So the lock-on is a condition that when it is put upon an enemy, uh, that tag will last on them for as long as you want. And when you choose to use up your lock-on, you can add a, a D6 accuracy. So what you can also do uh, here, Gerardo, is roll your D20. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to hit anyway, you can save your lock-on for a t- chance where maybe you just miss it instead. Okay. So he rolled a two. So a two is not enough as it is to hit. If you want to, you can choose to add that d6, or you can save it for another time. If you want to hit it, you're going to have to roll a six, though. I will try. I rolled a one. <laughs> you fire a missile, and it just fires out in a spiral. I think you lose your balance on the sand, and uh, the rocket shoots off at a funny angle and just kind of spins off into the sky and explodes. Well, something we've learned recently is that when you are using the quick action to fire from your auxiliary weapons, you can... Fire both of them. Yes, you can. You can fire a second auxiliary weapon there. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll do that then. While I'm flo- um, falling, I will file my pistol. That one goes much better, and I roll a 16. 16 is a hit, so you can roll your damage to that enemy. And that's one damage. Every little helps. Sure enough, you, you pocket this mech with a few more holes of bullets pepper through it. Well, this one definitely handy. helps, because I have the ability for my mech that if I actually make a hit, I can choose to either move that mech or jam it. Sure thing. I think I'm going to move it. Uh, you can't move it because it's currently grappled. It's unable to move. It's kind of locked in place. Then I'll jam it. The jam is a condition, much like lock-on, uh, where it's, when something is jammed, you have to use up an action to unjam yourself, basically. While jammed, you can only make uh, improvised attacks, attacks not with your proper weapons. For whatever reason, your weapon systems aren't operating properly. Uh, I believe all the enemies are gone now, so it's just your turn to go now, Jackson. Cool. Um, so I will... Also fire uh, both of my auxiliary weapons to start with. Um, nice. And I'm going to fire, uh, firstly, my Vajaya rockets at um, one of the mechs that's uh, alongside... Sorry, what is your call sign? Oh, Persephone. Persephone. Yeah, okay. So Jane, whose call sign is Persephone, so I'll fire um, my Vajaya rockets. Oh. So their tag is accurate. What does that mean? Accurate, I believe, means it's accurate followed by a number. If there is no number, it means you just add one extra accuracy. If uh, the people who made this game are listening, we're really sorry for no doubt (laughs) frequently getting the rules wrong and almost certainly messing up your lore. There's a a lot of great pages of wonderful world building uh, in this document. I read about three of them before we played. (laughs) (laughs) We're really sorry. We were trying our best. We like the game, though. Yeah. Um, Okay, so my Vajazzle Rockets, uh, (laughs) I got an eight to hit. Uh, Okay, that's a hit, all right. Okay, uh, so the one next to you is blasted with those rockets for a sum total of three damage. Uh, Shaft, the rockets catch it in the back and it just blows off a couple of limbs and this thing just rolls in a smoking heap to the ground. You've destroyed it. Okay, well, in that case, I will fire some of my drones from my drone nexus. Nice. um, So I'm firing my drone nexus at something next to you. You've got two next to you, right? Yeah, it does indeed. Um, So drone nexus is smart, which I think means I target e-defense as opposed to evasion. I think that's right. Yes, that means well, yeah. Um, So I rolled a eight to hit e-defense. Fantastic. That's a hit. Okay, cool. Well, it's good because I, I have a talent as well. I'll just let everyone know just because it's important. <laughs> well, to let everyone know how talented you are. As you yeah. fire the drones, Jackson comes over the communications. I've done this already, but I could have done it even more if I wanted. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I have the tactician tag, which means if you're next to somebody, then I can I can get an extra D6 accuracy. But I don't need that because I rolled so high anyway. That's <laughs> <laughs> so an extra D3. It's another three damage. Fantastic. Uh, the one that is like still coming out of the sands that very first attacked you, uh, drones just swarm around it and just start to drill. They've got these tiny like, lasers attached to them that just kind of like start cutting in through this mech. Uh, it's still alive, but it's, it's, it's okay. That's the round complete. It's one of you can now kick off for a, a new go. You know this one that I grappled with my hook? Oh, yeah. He's still kicking about, right? Oh, yeah, you've got him. Well, can I just go um, all-out berserker barrage on him? Yeah, man. Well, that's what I'm going to do. Unleash fury. So I'm going to use my heavy weapon, which is a massive, cool pirate cutlass. And uh, because he's grappled... I have a talent that means that anyone who's grappled, I have plus one accuracy. Nice. So that's great for me. And I get a, a natural 20 and a two. Nice. So criticals uh, work in Lancer. It's not about rolling a 20 on the D20. It's if your total to hit is 20 or higher. So even if you've got an 18 plus a six or something, you still get a critical hit from that. A critical hit in Lancer means you roll the damage twice and use whichever one is the highest. Nice. So this is 2D6, which I'm going to roll twice. Well, I got a six and a five, so it seems very unlikely. I'm going to go with the six and the five. <laughs> um, plus two, so that makes a whopping 13. That is a colossal amount of damage, sure Stab enough. Stab him through. You sort of just yank the grappled foe forwards, and as it's still mid kind towards it, you swing in full circle with your cutlass and just cleave this thing in two. Yeah. The whole thing powers down and is destroyed. Nice. Um, are there any other bad boys... Near me. There's two very near to you, yeah. Very near. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. Um, I'm going to uh, use my auxiliary weapons now on them. Okay, so first I'm going to pull out my uh, little piratey flintlock pistol um, and shoot one of them in the face. And because he's really close to me and this weapon has the CQB tag, or the close quarters battle... Something like that, yeah. Something like that tag. And um, one of my talents says that I get plus one accuracy on that as well. So here we go. I got 14. Is it hit? Nice. Um, oh, actually, I should say I actually got 10 because I should take one off. Technically, auxiliary weapons, when they're using a barrage, don't have any extra difficulty from being a second attack. Oh, so I did get 14. You did get 14. Hooray! Uh, you hit. Roll for damage. Okay. It's just 1d3, so it's not very okay. exciting. Got three, though. You pep in with even more bullets. It's already been struck by Gerodo as well. Uh, this thing has many holes that peppered through it now. It's just that's all wobbling and still trying to stand and trying to find its balance and lock onto you. It's still standing. And uh, as I do, I think I uh, out of my shoulder, I shoot a thermal pistol um, that fires a little like heat oh, laser nice. beam at him. Predator style. Yeah, exactly. That's super cool. Uh, and I rolled a hit. It's the same thing again. So uh -huh. I still add a D6. Uh, and I got eight. Eight is a hit. Nice. Uh, it just does two energy damage. Two is all it takes. As you blast it with this uh, beam of energy, uh, it's enough to just topple this thing, uh, cut through some clearly very important units as uh, the whole thing shuts down entirely. Nice. So there are just two mechs remaining, one in your face, Claire, one in your face, Jack. Jane is going to attack okay. the one that's uh, in front of her. Yep. If I go for a barrage attack and then I will try and use my range weapons on the one that's further away from yeah, me. Yeah, do it. So you start off with all these melee attacks to just go to town on this guy in front of you. I'm going to use my fist. That's an 11. He is thoroughly fisted. <laughs> oh, come on. We're all adults. That's three damage. Three damage is very good. Again, this one's already taken two punches from you already, if I remember rightly. You just come in with a, you know, a little 
get in close and just pummel him with a few blows. He's staggered but still standing. I will go at him with my shield. Sure thing. It's like you give him a little box, he's all dazed, and you spin around for the finisher. That's a 12, but I need to take off 1d6. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fine, that was 11. That's still fine. Go for the killing blow. Four damage. Fantastic. With a blow, you knock this mech to the ground. You spin around, raise up the shield, and just sever off the mech's head as you power it down. And now the one that's on Shanks. Indeed. Are they engaged? Are they, is he... Uh, uh, tackled by we are, you? We are engaged. No one's tackled. <laughs> so if I go at it with my massive cannon, uh, you can do I'm that. not risking. I won't feel. <laughs> I won't feel bad about it. Okay. <laughs> oh, I rolled a one anyway. Uh, you let loose a blast that just is way off for whatever reason. Yet your targeting sensor is put off by the sand around you, and you're unable to land a blow. One more go with my remaining uh, weapon, my concussion missile. Yeah, why not? That's a 17 minus 1, so 16. That's a hit. And that's a D3 damage plus 1. So that's 4 damage. 4 damage is very good. This thing is still standing over for its turn. Again, it has to, sorry, it has to take a... It's pushed back, but I don't know if it, it's not grappled, is it? No, you can push uh, it back It's pushed back um, one space. Yep. And it has to pass... A system check, or it's impaired. It fails that system check. It is therefore impaired. Uh, it means it will make any attacks with difficulty on its turn. Uh, it is now this thing's turn, and although it's knocked back, it's going to charge straight at you, Jack, and it's going to jump at you as it tries to tackle your mech to the ground. Uh, this will be a contested hull check here. Oh, okay. So I've got to do a d20 plus two. Yep. I got 13. This guy got a natural 20. Damn. Uh, you are beaten. He tackles you to the ground, and it seems to lock around you in a tight hug, and your basic senses from this, you can see the whole mech is starting to heat up as it's trying to enter like a, a core meltdown to just explode next to you. Arr, uh, get him off me! Get him off me! At the end of its next turn, uh, or at the end of this round, essentially, this thing is going to explode in a large radius and do a lot of damage. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, well, in which case, yeah, I'll, I'll take a turn uh, just to plow in with my um, uh, with my sword, I guess. I'll nice. Trying to uh, charge forwards and attempt to. Your mech strides over to this, you know, grappled unit on the ground as he tried to pierce the mech atop Yarl. Okay, I get plus one accuracy because you're within five feet of him, or <laughs> the equivalent. You're next to him, adjacent. Yeah. With D and D language slipping in there. Caught in a loving embrace. Uh, so I got a total of ten. That's a hit. Uh, and then I do uh, five uh, armor-piercing damage. Five armor-piercing damage is good. It's not quite enough. Sure enough, you, you cut off some key systems, but there's just enough power still in this unit that the core is still heating up at an alarming rate. I think I sort of like, I'm terribly sorry, Shanks, uh, and I'm just going to teleport as far away as I can <laughs> to avoid being in the blast radius. Sure thing. So your teleport ability allows you to roll 3d6 as part of your ultimate and move that much away. Okay, I didn't. So there is a risk that if I roll three uh, of the exact same number on it, I, I well, blink out of existence. Yeah, I teleport to the dark place. Yeah, <laughs> to the upside down. Um, but this is uh, this is I get thirteen spaces away, so I'm back way out in the You're desert. You're way back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Drodo, it's your turn. If you can't stop this mech now, he's gonna go boom. Well, I'm not terribly bothered because I've not known Shanks for that long. <laughs> Arr, but what about the good times we've had? <laughs> you hear over your radio, run, Kookaburra, run! 
your, your call sign. Yeah, my call sign is Kookaburra. <laughs> I'll do the bare minimum that was expected of me and I will shoot off both of my auxiliary weapons. So the first one is a missile rocket and I get nine. To hit is a hit. Wonderful. And I get a D3 plus one. Three damage. Sure enough, this missile fires out of your wrist and catches straight inside of this mech and it just releases Shanks, Yarl, and it uh, spins around through the air as the blast knocks it over. And you see that the cockpit is like blasted open as you do so and like a limp human body seems to fall out and, and roll across the sand as the other mech crashes into the sand beside it. Uh, we're out of combat. You've defeated the foes. You're welcome. <laughs> Adrian, I, I did good, right? Absolutely phenomenal, sir. The views will be like none we've ever expected. Wonderful. Thank you. I thought I might have been a coward there. How did you're I do, a- Sonia? Oh, Gerardo, you, you were amazing. You saved Jarl's life. Uh, I feel lucky to be Jarl right now, that's for sure. Is there any chance we could rest here for maybe one hour? I have no repairs to make, and I would like to investigate the bodies. Sure thing. Gerodo, you approach the wreckage of the last mech you defeated and hoist it off of the body of its pilot. Lying limp in the sand is a figure dressed in dark overalls bearing the logo of the mining corporation that sent you. The figure is dry and emaciated, its skin horrid and cracked, and has clearly been dead for several days. As you crack open the other mechs, they all bear the same grisly cargo. Dead pilots in varying states of decay. Whatever was controlling these mechs as you fought them, it clearly wasn't the original pilots. This has been part one of our Lancer Let's Play episode. I hope you've enjoyed what you heard so far. And we're going to wrap up this playtest next week as well. Hope you all have a very Merry Christmas.